0: This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Ever since the Passion of the Christ appeared on the big screen in 2004, faith-based movies have been increasing in popularity. Although Passion was a big-budget film with a big-name producer, Mel Gibson, many smaller productions have met with tremendous success, both in terms of viewers and return on investment. Movies such as God's Not Dead, Fireproof, Facing the Giants, and War Room are some examples. The latest entry is a movie titled Voiceless. The movie's title refers to the unborn who are voiceless in the womb. Who will speak for them? The film's protagonist, Jesse Dean, is a community outreach director for a church. The plot concerns what he does when an abortion clinic opens directly across the street from his church. When the church, its members and leaders, refuse to speak out, Dean decides in the words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. He takes a stand at great risk to himself. I speak with Voiceless producer Stuart Migden on today's World Lutheran News Digest.
1: And now, today's Fast Track. I'm Sarah Golseth with news in brief of interest to Lutherans worldwide. The Orange County, California District Attorney's Office announced today they are prosecuting a criminal lawsuit against Planned Parenthood of Orange and San Bernardino County's longtime baby body parts business partners, sister companies Da Vinci Biosciences and DV Biologics. The case alleges that for eight years, Planned Parenthood supplied aborted baby hearts, lungs, brains, and intestines to DV Biologics, which DV Biologics then resold for profit. In exchange for merely providing access to aborted baby parts, Planned Parenthood received kickback contributions from Da Vinci Biosciences over the course of their eight-year contract. A federal judge sided with a pro-life pregnancy center last week in ruling that a 2009 Baltimore ordinance violated the group's freedom of speech. The city ordinance forced pregnancy resource centers to post a disclaimer stating that they will not refer women for abortions, according to the Associated Press. The Greater Baltimore Center for Pregnancy Concerns challenged the ordinance, and last week senior U.S. District Court Judge Marvin J. Garbus agreed that it did violate the pro-life organization's freedoms. LCMS disaster responders continue assessing the capacity to provide additional aid for hurricane-battered Haiti while also determining the overall impact of Hurricane Matthew as it makes its way up the U.S. southeastern coastline. Thanks to compassionate people in the LCMS who respond generously in the wake of disasters and using funds already on hand for disaster response work, two aircraft were chartered to airdrop some 60,000 packaged meals and supplies to the people in the hardest-hit areas of Haiti.
0: World Lutheran News Digest will be back right after these messages.
1: Book talk is for all who like books about the Christian faith, and there are so many of them—old books, new books, classic books. Jimmy Durante says it well.
2: I'll never forget the day I read a book. It was contagious. Seventy pages. There were pictures here and there, so it wasn't hard
1: to. That's bear what we do on Book Talk. Remember the day we read, read the book, book and chat about it with its author. Join us live, streaming, archived. Hi, I'm Pastor Ted Lesh, pastor at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in North St. Louis County, inviting you to listen to our KFUO radio worship broadcasts on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Active worship, preaching, music, and singing are part of every one of our services at Chapel. Join us Sunday nights at 6.
2: It's one more broadcast worship opportunity for you from your friends at Chapel of the Cross and KFUO Radio.
1: Facebook is one of the biggest social media instruments for checking out what is going on with worldwide KFUO. On our Facebook page, facebook.com/kfuo radio, you'll see us posting pictures, online videos, show information, as well as reviews and previews of events at KFUO. Worldwide KFUO, we are where you are on Facebook at facebook.com/kfuo radio. The worldwide leader of confessional Lutheranism, worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news.
2: Hi, I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson, host of Moments of Assurance, Sunday at 9.15 a.m. right here on KFUO Radio. Each week I have the privilege of producing a quarter hour of message, music, and prayer blended together to fit a special theme for that day. You'll hear messages of hope and complete confidence in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. You'll hear choirs and instrumentals to support the message as well. So I invite you to join me. That's Moments of Assurance, Sunday morning at 9.15 a.m.
1: Hi, I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark from Ascension Lutheran in St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky from St. Paul's and New Athens and Trinity and Darmstadt, and we welcome you to listen to Wrestling with the Basics. Matt, 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 let go of me, Matt. No, no, it's not real wrestling. We're just talking about Bible issues. No. Oh, 9:05 5 Saturday mornings, 8.50 a.m. KFUO. Este é a Notícias Luteranas pelo Mundo. This is Roll Lutheran News Digest.
0: I'm Kip Allen, host of World Lutheran News Digest. My guest today is Mr. Stuart Migden, who's had a rather interesting career. He started out as an accountant, has become an author, and now is a film producer. And he's produced a very important film called Voiceless, which is a story about the pro-life movement, about a man's struggle with the pro-life movement. Mr. Migden, you yourself had a rather interesting journey to Christianity. How did that happen? You know,
2: Kip, I am Jewish, and so I went to Hebrew school from the time I was a little boy. I was bar mitzvah at 13. I was confirmed in my Reformed synagogue at 15, and, and, and Judaism is all that I knew. And, and then I remember the very first time that someone ever asked me about Jesus. Uh, this business client of mine said to me, he said, Stuart, could you ever believe that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah? And I remember uh, what I said to him as if it were yesterday, and yet it was 25 years ago. I said to him, Sal, it would be easier for me to believe that I'm a female than to believe that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. And he said, that's the craziest response I've ever heard in my life. Can I pray for you? And I said, no, no one's ever prayed for me before, and you're not going to be the first one. And that dear, humble man, Sal, talked to that arrogant man, me. (laughs) And uh, for five minutes, he told me what he was going to do and say uh, in this prayer. And finally, we were both exhausted. And I said, go ahead and pray for me. At the end of the prayer, uh, I remember him saying this, uh, Lord, I pray that you would remove the veil from Stuart's eyes and that he would see that Yeshua is the Messiah. And then he invited me to his ordination as a minister. He was becoming a minister, leaving his job. And and I went about a month later for the very first time to a born-again Christian church, and I heard the gospel message for the very first time in my life, and I had a Holy Spirit conversion. I left my house that night a Jew for Judaism, and I came home a Jew for Jesus. And my entire life changed, and uh, I began at that time to live my life serving the Lord for all that He's done in His love for me.
0: The Holy Spirit does indeed change one's life. Amen. Your film is uh, called Voiceless, and uh, a couple of things that I've heard about it and some sayings I have heard have really struck me. One is that we're all born voiceless. We start out life voiceless. The unborn have no voice, so others have to speak for them. The other was a quote that's attributed to Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was the uh, pastor who was uh, anti-Nazi and was executed only two weeks before his concentration camp was liberated. And he is reported to have said that silence in the face of evil is itself evil. This, I think, is the dilemma of the protagonist in your movie, Can you talk about the movie and about how the protagonist came to be what he is?
2: So let me give you just a a quick one-minute overview about Voiceless. Jesse Dean, he's a shy, reserved, recently discharged United States soldier. And he moves across the country with his wife, Julia, from California to Philadelphia to take a job as an outreach minister for a church. And he quickly finds out that recently an abortion clinic moved directly across the street from the church. It's not down the block, it's not around the corner, but it's right smack dab across the street. And he inquires of his pastor as to what's being done, and he faces apathy. And then he inquires of the church, and he faces the same. And through a series of events that take place in his life, and then one very tragic event, he is willing to risk it all to stand up against this abortion clinic and stand up for what's right before God. And the movie shows what can happen when one man puts a stake in the ground, And says, "I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm going to stand up for what's right before God."
0: And of course, there is a price to pay, and he's paid. He is paying a price, as I understand.
2: That's true. I mean, he is ostracized by his own brethren uh, as a result of what he wants to go out there and do. And, and, and even more than that, even his own wife uh, and he are having significant difficulties as a result of him just feeling that urge and that calling from God to, to not be silent, as you said uh, from your quote with Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He's, he's feeling that calling to be a voice for the voiceless in the womb, and yet he is having much uh, adversity by standing up for what's right, and yet he doesn't consider that as important
0: as what's right before God. Something uh, that I, that, that, I, uh, that you brought up here, I think that's very, very important, is some churches, some faiths, some religions become apathetic toward what is right and what is wrong. Now, in terms of abortion, there were a number of, of uh, religions that say it is wrong, African Methodist Church, the Assemblies of God, Roman Catholic Church, the Mormons, uh, Hinduism, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, Southern Baptist Convention are all united that this is wrong. But churches like the Episcopals, the Evangelical Lutheran Church, United Methodist Church, and some others say, no, that's not the case. So they have drifted away from what we know are biblical truths. This is, I find, very, very disturbing how, I think they call them cafeteria Christians, how they can choose and pick what they want to believe. But even those who are strongly opposed to the abortion movement often don't speak up. It's so sad. You're so right about that. I mean,
2: a a study was recently done by Students for Life of America, a pro-life organization, and and this is what they uncovered. and This is really dramatic. 94%. Of evangelical churches in the United States of America do not have a pro-life presence. 94 percent. And going hand-in-hand hand with that, 200,000 women get abortions every single year who say that they attend an evangelical church every single week. Now, Look, 65 percent of women who have abortions every year say that they're Christians. 38 percent Protestant, 27 percent Catholic. But 200,000 say that they attend an evangelical church every week. What's happening is that the churches are not talking about abortion, so they're not hearing anything about it. They don't know what it is they should do. They have this uh, unplanned pregnancy, and they're not sure who to turn to and what to do, so they silently go, and they get abortions. And that's the reason why so many churches aren't really talking about it from the pulpit, because they're concerned about offending women and men who are who are complicit in abortions. Uh, and so instead of uh, doing this with love and with caring and understanding, but bringing out the issue and showing it's a sin, they are instead avoiding the topic altogether.
0: And the silence itself is a sin. Silence actually speaks not taking yeah. a stand is taking a stand. Again, I'm paraphrasing Dietrich Bonhoeffer. How, how do we How do we go from here? where Where, from your point of view, sir, you are not just a filmmaker, but you're also an an, an evangelical preacher. Where do we go as Christians? How do we get them, the message out to our fellow Christians that we need to take a stand? so here's
2: here's a line in the movie that really answers your question. And I think it really typifies and, and explains the voiceless movie. There's a scene where our lead uh, character, Jesse Dean, he's talking with his wife, Julia, and, and and they're having a heated discussion. And he looks at his wife, Julia, and he says, Julia, God saved us for this world, not from this world. You see, all too uh, many Christians today Uh, They uh, believe that they're saved and they will be entering into heaven someday. And so they don't really pay much attention to what's going on here on earth and they're just saying, look, things are going to get worse, and they're going to get worse, and then, you know, the rapture is going to come, and we're going to be raptured, and then the tribulation period, and, 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 you know, we're going to be in heaven with God. So what does all of it matter? We don't have to do anything about it. And that's not what the Scripture teaches. That's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to be salt and light. He wants us to be a light on top of a mountain, not a lamp underneath a basket. You see, the, the the Church, Christians, we uh, are letting the culture uh, speak to us and define us, rather than we uh, approaching the culture and engaging the culture. And so what has to change is Christians have to see that it matters to God how we live our lives here on Earth today, that we are called to bring glory to the Lord here on Earth, uh, that doing that is what brings glory to Him, and, and that is by living uh, through the ways that he wants us to do and standing up against the sin uh, that surrounds us, and especially the most egregious sin of all lifetime, the sin of abortion.
0: Infanticide, for for all intents and purposes. I've, I've never understood the difference between a distinct human being who's been born and a distinct human being who's not. It's infanticide. There's no other way to describe it.
2: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, I always tell people this. I say, look... Um, When you're talking to someone who is pro-choice, ask them this question. What is conceived in the womb? Because the answer to that question answers the whole topic of abortion and pro-life. You see, if what's conceived in the womb is what the Scriptures tell us to be a life conceived by God, then it's nothing but murder. If you do anything to abort that baby from the day of conception... Uh, and all throughout the entire pregnancy of that,
0: uh, of that woman. And not only scripture says that, but science says that. The, the fruit of the womb, if you will, has, has its own distinct DNA. It has its own brain patterns. It has its own organs. It has its own heartbeat. You know, Kip, that's such a great point to make.
2: I'll tell you, uh, you know, when Roe v. Wade came to be, you know, some 40 plus years ago, we did not have the technology, although we knew, people knew, moms knew, dads knew that these babies were humans in the womb. But scientifically, uh, we didn't have, you know, the proof that we have today. But with the ultrasound equipment that we have today and other scientific equipment that's been invented since then, it is, without a doubt, beyond on to shadow of a doubt, uh, determine that that baby at conception is alive and is a child. And so now many pro-choice people will concede on that, and they'll say, yes, I agree. The baby is a baby. It's a human in the womb. Uh, but still, we believe that a woman's body should allow her to make her own choice, not seeing that it's not a woman's body. It's the woman's body that protects and carries that baby uh, while that baby is in the womb, but there are two very distinct bodies.
0: And as you pointed out, I think ultrasound has definitely proven that. Uh, I've spoken to a number of people in the pro-life movement who have said that with the, with the advent of the uh, spread of ultrasound, the actual numbers of abortions are declining somewhat. As women are contemplating abortion and they see what happens with the uh, ultrasound and they realize, yeah, this is human, I can't kill it.
2: I know. You know, uh, one of our partners on this movie is a ministry called Save the Storks, and it's a very unique ministry. So it's a pro-life ministry, and they go and they provide pregnancy resource centers and churches with retrofitted vans that park outside of an abortion clinic, and they are staffed with an ultrasound technician and with an ultrasound And all they do is offer women a free ultrasound before they walk into that abortion clinic. And do you know that 85% of the women who are going in for a scheduled abortion that step into that van first, walk home and have their babies. So the ultrasound is, is powerful, and, and we're teaming would save the storks to help them do more of that as a result of, of interest from our movie Voiceless.
0: I'd like to talk a little bit about your cast and crew. This is a very powerful movie, it's a powerful message. How did it affect them? What was their reaction as they were filming this?
2: You know, um, our lead actor, Rusty Joyner, he's been in some Hollywood movies, and uh, he's done some um, some acting uh, in non-Christian movies, and and so he's a Christian, and he uh, agreed to do voiceless, and he definitely uh, was pro life, pro life, no doubt about it, pro life. Uh, Did our movie. And do you know today, two years later, so we filmed it two years ago, it has to go through a bunch of editing and then there's marketing that takes place afterward and it's coming out. Uh, It's actually in theaters now. Uh, And so uh, Rusty just told me, he said, Stuart, you know what? I'm done with Hollywood. I want to make Christian films from now on. I want to make films that bring glory to God. I want to make films that make a difference for God. I am so pro-life now. I want to speak all around the country, and I want people to know that these babies are alive in the womb. It has had an, an incredible impact on our lead actor. Uh, that just really blesses me so very much.
0: What's next on the agenda for you? Uh, are there more movies planned to talk about issues of Christians to talk about the glory of God?
2: Absolutely. This is the first feature film that my partner and I worked on and, you know, we actually won film festival awards, even in the secular film festivals that we entered into. We won Best Feature Film, our our actor, lead actor, Rusty, won for Best Actor. We've had a Best Supporting Actress as well. And so when we went about doing this movie, we wanted to make a good movie that brings glory to God rather than a Christian movie. So uh, in other words, we wanted it to be a real and gritty movie that people could relate to that wasn't cheesy in any way, not where everyone comes together at the end and they, uh, they hug and kiss and everything uh, gets worked out and everybody gets saved. No, we made a real life movie. And so that's what we set out to do, that's what we wanted to do, and we accomplished our goal. And so as a result of that, we're excited to uh, begin working on our next project. It's something that we uh, have already identified um, It's confidential at this time, but it will be uh, an issue that will be very near and dear to Christians' hearts. And we're looking forward to making many more movies to uh, awaken this culture in which we live to the fact that God matters, and we have to stand up for it right before
0: him. I've noticed that there's a, a lot of Christian movies that are now coming out, everything from God's Not Dead to Risen to, uh, uh, of course, to Voiceless and others. And many of these are turning out to be very, very successful financially. I talked to the producer of God's Not Dead, and the rate of return on that was just incredible.
2: Yeah. yeah, that that movie Took America by Storm, no doubt about it, and Even God Is Not Dead too did incredibly well. Also, and you know what's interesting about God Is Not Dead and some of those other Christian movies is the budget that they spent to make it. Uh low budget. They they spent much more money than we did to market the movie, uh but um but they did it with excellence uh, for a small budget. They were responsible, and that's really the key here, and that's what we're doing as well. We want to be responsible with what God has given us to to make this movie, to whom much is given, much is required, as as Luke chapter 13 tells us. And so, you know, God has blessed us, and we want to use it for his kingdom. Uh, But, you know, Christians, I think, are are awakening all over the country and saying, look, if we don't support these movies, then who will? Um, You know, when we were uh, considering making Voiceless, we said, uh, the art of film, Impacts people's lives in a powerful way. In fact, unfortunately, many people are more influenced by what they see on the big screen than what they hear from the pulpit. They emulate what they see on the big screen. And so many movies coming out of Hollywood are godless. And not only that, they degrade. The name of our Lord. And so we wanted to make a movie that would bring glory to God and Christians all over the country can flock into these uh, theaters and go see these movies to make a statement to Hollywood that we want movies like this. We want more movies made that glorify God.
0: And I think we're seeing this. Uh, you know, I'm going to go back a little bit to The Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson's piece, which had a lot of criticism leveled against it. And it was a fabulously successful film. I mean, it made a lot of money for Mr for mr gibson and the thing was is that it had to have attracted audiences over and above christians although as you pointed out most people in this country are religious they practice some form of religion most of them christian but there are others as well but this movie and these other movies for example fireproof was one that i saw roma downey and her husband are producing a number of christian movies as well these things are drawing an audience yeah, they really are. It, they really yeah, are. Yeah. And I think, you know, I maybe mean, Hollywood is finally starting to uh, to uh, get the idea that if if only from a secular point of view that there is money to be made out here. People do want to hear this message. And when they stick to strict biblical interpretation and strict and and strict uh, Christian principles as opposed to doing a Hollywood sensation like they tried with Noah and with Exodus, both of whom flopped. They find a a really receptive audience and they are rewarded for it.
2: Yeah, I agree. You know, the, the Kendrick brothers, they uh, began this a number of years ago with a movie called Flywheel. And, and they, as you mentioned, did Fireproof and Courageous, and they did War Room recently. And they found a way to to get Christians into the theater to see their movies. And, and we're hoping that we can accomplish even a small fraction of what they uh, have been able to do as well. Uh, but it's going to take Christians all over the country to stand up and say, I'm going to go. I'm going to go see Voiceless. I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to make this happen.
0: And I know that uh, some of the major studios now have actually set up a separate division for films of faith. Uh, in fact, I, I I talked to the uh, producer of the movie uh, Risen, and they're dealing with mainstream uh, studios. They're they're realizing that this this is a money maker for them. And well, <laughs> where there's money, <laughs> we could get that message out. And as you pointed out, I mean the uh, I, I know your budget was very small on it, and the Kendrick Brothers had, had literally were on a shoestring. And yet these were incredibly successful films.
2: Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah, you're right. You've got to start somewhere. You've got to put some uh, money into making it work. And then once you, once you do and you can find that formula, you make a good movie. That motivates people to go to the theater. I mean, listen, I don't think Christians should go see a movie that is not a good movie, uh, because then filmmakers won't make these good movies. We've got to demand good, excellent movies out of Christian filmmakers, and I believe that's what we've accomplished with Voiceless.
0: Mr. Magnin, we're about out of time here. I'd like I'd like to ask if you can say where people can get information about the movie. I believe you've got a website set up. We sure, sure do. They
2: can go to voicelessthemovie.com. That's www. Dot voicelessthemovie.com, and they could actually click on theaters and see uh, the theaters that it's playing at throughout the country and get a whole bunch of other information as well. And so please go to voicelessthemovie.com
0: to check it all out. Well, thank you very much, Mr. McDonald I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me, and I'm looking forward very much to seeing this movie and future productions by you. Thanks, Kip, very much. God bless. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. and again on Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. Central Time on Worldwide KFUO Radio. It may also be heard anytime, streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Saturday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen.